Friends, and may I say, fellow deplorables, <laughs> good afternoon, Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT, The What's Right Show is on, your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Now, why am I sending out a friendly conservative bat signal to all you deplorables out there? Uh, that is, that's a great question, because you see, friends... It's been, well, not a full week yet, but uh, Trump obviously pulled off a bit of a win in Iowa, and the left cannot bring itself to understand why the hell that could have happened. And so their latest theory is to go uh, in their time machine. Hear me out on this because it's kind of funny. They are literally getting into their time machine and going back to 2016 – And using the Hillary Clinton playbook to point their finger at every single Trump voter and call us names. This is exactly what went down on MSNBC, Joe Scarborough, right? Joe and Mika on their ridiculous show that, you know, three and a half people watch, but nonetheless is representative of Inside the Beltway, mainstream media thinking. They said this about voters in Iowa. Now, pay close attention. I know we're here in Nevada. It's not specifically targeted at us. But mind you, if you plan on voting for Donald J. Trump, Joe Scarborough, and I believe that this thinking pervades the Democratic Party, pervades the mainstream media, is definitely, is definitely the way the Biden administration, the people inside the White House think about you. This is what they say to themselves, which is why it comes out on TV and, of course, sounds horrible. Take a listen. It's usually candidates who judges say are rapists don't usually get this far. But what we found in Iowa a couple of nights ago was, well, Iowa Republicans that voted those 14 percent, they like they're presidential candidates that are called rapists by judges, and they like their presidential candidates that steal nuclear secrets. And repeatedly and, defame women. And they like their presidential candidates okay. that repeatedly defame women. That's not a Biden witch hunt. That's that's Donald Trump's past finally catching up with him. But again, we can keep going over those I.O. results, but people in Iowa said, not only do they like their candidates, the judges say raped women, they're more likely to vote for their candidates mm-hmm. if judges say they raped I women wish we were and they stole nuclear secrets. That's Iowa nice, baby. This is outrageous. That's the this is this is a leading cable left wing opinion host, anti Trump opinion host basically saying that the people in Iowa voted for Trump because he was declared in a civil trial, E. Jean Carroll, a rapist. Now, uh, by the way, I need it. This is an important asterisk here because I need to clarify something. I do not believe that Trump raped E. Jean Carroll. Not one bit. 
And just because a civil jury of crazy left-wing New Yorkers, led by and encouraged by a crazy left-wing New York judge, found him liable for something, doesn't mean it happened. If these people seriously think that this was some kind of accountability, they got another thing coming. Remember, this is E. Jean Carroll, who admitted that she was a big fan of law and order, and her exact scenario of what Trump allegedly did to her mirrors exactly an episode in her favorite program. Not to mention that this is the lady that went when all this was going on and she brought her lawsuit forward. Uh, What was it, Robbie, what was it, 30 years late or 20 years late? New York specifically opened one-year window for people to bring past sex assault claims and i'm convinced they did it specifically to get trump okay so nonetheless she comes you know brings her lawsuit years and years later after being inspired by this law and order episode and then what goes on anderson cooper and talks about how she thinks rape is sexy in any other circumstance in any other situation when the defendant's name isn't donald j trump if it was just uh, you know, blah, 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 okay, with a crazy person who thinks rape is sexy, it, I mean, would be discredited with laughed out of the courthouse. She's a nutter. But, of course, it's Trump, and so, you know, there it goes. So all of that, so they are hanging their heels on this. He was, he was found civilly liable of Trump, and guess what? If you voted for Trump, you like rapists. In fact, you want a rapist in the White House. When I said yesterday, and I, I, I told you, I played the clips that Vivek Ramaswamy, parts of his speech when he was up there with Trump at the New Hampshire rally, and I said to you that this is war. I mean it. It's war because these people that are on the other side literally, literally want to dehumanize us. They want, I mean, it's not enough for them to attack the candidate. And that's fine. In the world of politics, you can attack the candidate. But you simply, you simply lose the plot when you attack everybody on the other side and particularly telling them that, you know, that they, they must be fine with uh, with 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 trumping and being a rapist, what else did he? What else did? What else was the other components? Is so funny. Oh, that he can repeatedly defame women. What did he? He called E. Jean Carroll a nut job. Well, I'm sorry, E. Jean Carroll is a nut job. I l- watched her with my own two eyes uh, repeatedly, by the way, because it's a fabulous clip on uh, Anderson Cooper telling us that rape is sexy, and Anderson Cooper looking like he had just been shot with a tranquilizer dart. He doesn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> it's like, it's just like, he doesn't even know what to do with it. So, um, so yeah, so they don't just, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, 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 that's it, that's it. They're not just, yeah, you're right. This is producer Robbie here reminding me. Yeah, candidate, apparently voters in Iowa, not just, this is the specific quote, right? Joe Scarborough. Not only do they like their candidates, uh, you know, uh, that, you know, that judges say of rape women, they're more likely to vote for their candidates if judges say they rape women. 
This is outrageous. Now, I wish it was just Anderson, excuse me, Joe Scarborough and Mika, because those two, they're low IQ individuals. Um, well, they're all located. Joy Reid goes, we got to talk about Trump voters. This was last night on MSNBC. And that we talk about Trump all the time. We, we also need to talk about his voters. And I know, I know it's not popular in the media world to not venerate the great American voter. And I go to the 1930s when the New York Times was doing style pieces on uh, Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. and saying, oh, he's going to moderate himself mm-hmm. when he gets into office and actual powers in mm-hmm. his hands. I feel like that's happening again because people don't want to come at the voter. But these voters are actively saying, yes, we want a dictatorship. Yes, we what? want him to be dictator. What? Yes, we like autocracy. What? And it's just not being examined. Do you remember when we were debating about whether or not this was economic anxiety? I was literally just going to follow. Okay, you read my mind. Yes, I do. Yeah, I mean, it was. It because was, people yeah. didn't want to accept that it's not economic anxiety. It's racial anxiety. Well, oh, It's racial anxiety. You know what this is all about? It's just racism. So Trump voters, I need to explain this thinking of leftist media types. According to them, Trump voters like rapists. In fact, we prefer rapists. (laughs) Crazy, right? And what else do we like? Oh, we like racism. It is, oh, and, and, um, you know, and Trump is basically um, a late stage Adolf Hitler. This is wild stuff. And this is why, and I, I have to put it into context again because I played this clip earlier in the week. This explains Lawrence O'Donnell's ridiculous uh, diatribe here on racism being the explanation for why GOP voters rejected Haley. Remember this? This is how this went. Eighty one percent of Republican primary voters and caucus participants agree with Donald Trump that immigrants are poisoning the blood of this country. That means that 81 percent of the Republican primary electorate believe Nikki Haley has poisoned blood and is poisoning the blood of the United States. The Republican base is overwhelmingly those people. Mm-hmm. It's white evangelicals. It is a matter of their religion. It is a religion. And therefore, Nikki Haley is unacceptable for the reasons Lawrence has just said. She is one of the people poisoning the blood of the country. Well, the only problem with this is, is that I watched on Monday, and I watched on Tuesday, and I watched, well, yesterday in particular, Trump rally in Atkinson, New Hampshire. Trump supporters, Republican voters cheering for Ramaswamy. And I hate to tell you this because maybe I don't have a, you know, a perfect eye for the color palette, but Ramaswamy to me, Vivek, looks a little bit darker, okay, than Nikki Haley. That's a point no one is making here. So on one hand, according to these lunatics, we're all racist. And on the other hand, here we're all cheering for, for Vivek and, and stoked that he's on the Trump train and, and happy to have him in the fold, welcoming him. Here, here's the clip. And I do have to take a break. I realize, but this is literally the clip of Vivek finishing his speech in Atkinson standing next to Trump These are all the racist, bigoted Trump supporters reacting to an 
brown Indian immigrant up on stage. VP and the Vivek, Vivek, they're cheering for him. Bunch of racist Trump voting pigs. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. <laughs> Having so much fun here uh, doing the What's Right show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Don't go anywhere. Uh, back in a GIF. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Welcome back, folks. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. So... Yes, 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 yes. The Dems, Biden, the entire network of politically connected Democrats are now going after Trump voters. You know what's going to happen, by the way? Preference suppression is what's going to happen. They're going to lull themselves into believing that that Biden or whoever ultimately runs for the Democratic nomination – uh, excuse me for the as a democratic nominee for president in the general is up by several more points because nobody will ever want to admit to a pollster that they are voting for Trump or they'll just hang up the minute they hear a pollster they just are going to be completely disgusted because they've been attacked by that institution right they'll see the pollsters as kind of hand in hand with the media now, I'm, of course, friends, referring to the clip I played uh, just at the beginning of the hour here. Uh, Joe Scarborough, last night, MSNBC, crowing about how the Iowa voters that voted for Trump love, in fact, seek out candidates that have been, uh, that have been declared rapists, as Trump was by the crazy court proceeding in New York with E. Jean Carroll, that nutbag. Uh, so I look that this is not going to go very far. It's not. And I meant to play the clip yesterday and I got sidetracked. J.P. Morgan CEO, Jamie Dimon, Jamie Dimon. I, you have to understand something about this guy. Leading bank CEO in the country. He's been described as one of the most powerful people in the business world, certainly in finance in America. So this is, you know, if you bank at Chase, Jamie Dimon's the, the boss of your bank. He's the top banker, private banker in America. And he, two days ago, went, uh, was at, uh, you know, Davos in Switzerland uh, at the, you know, the, the World Economic Forum, which is a whole separate topic. But he's on CNBC, right? He's on the financial channel talking to Aaron Ross, Gorkin, and uh, Joe Kernan. And Skorkin and Kernan could almost uh, couldn't believe when Diamond, in his interview, starts to push back on the insanity of targeting and 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 criticizing and making fun of and diminishing and dehumanizing Trump voters. Here's uh, how the conversation went. I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA. When people say MAGA. They're actually looking at people voting for Trump and they think they're voting and they're basically scapegoating them that you are like him. But I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. Now, if you look, just take a step back, be honest. He's kind of right about NATO, kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. 
He grew the economy quite well. China, China ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Mm-hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't. Th- I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. When he, when he, yeah. he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things about Mexico. I don't like. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues, and that's why they're voting for him. And and I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you should, have, you should always ask the why. Not like it's a binary thing. You're supporting right. Trump. You're not supporting Trump. Why are you supporting Trump? It's hard to Trump? hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. And it's, I, I agree. It's done and, you know, the it. Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, not, hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really? Like, can we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? And Diamond, Diamond, excuse me, uh, Jamie Diamond, person speaking there in that clip, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, I was a very close buddy of Obama's, right? I mean, he's a this is this guy is not a Republican, okay? But I can, but he is a smart guy, and intelligent people, by the way, get it. It's the low IQ people like like Scarborough and and Joe Biden and people running the administration that don't. Hillary Clinton stepped in it because, of course. These people are all such elitists that they can't get out from outside of their immediate bubble. I always talk about this bubble, and it's real. Because the minute that you accumulate a little bit of, of power and influence and money, live in a doorman apartment building on the Upper East Side in Manhattan, in New York, all of a sudden, the only people around you are people that think like you, and they've got gobs of money. The real problems that you and I face, you know, they don't face. They 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 walk outside of their building. They're not stepping in hypodermic needles and 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 homeless doo doo. They walk right out of their doorman apartment building, condo high rise, into a waiting you know a town car, get driven wherever they're going. They don't go in the subway. They don't deal with the crazies pushing people in front of trains. They're immune to all of it, and then they look down their noses at those of us who are living in the real world, contending with the results of their disastrous political uh, policies. That's what this is. Now, Marco Rubio last night, Fox News with Hannity, uh, said this about the media attacking Trump voters. And I think this was very well put as well. It's not about bias anymore. There's always been liberal bias in the media. They're partisan. And they're not just partisan, like openly partisan. They are now extending that to not just attack Trump as a candidate, as a former president and future president, but also to attack the people who follow him just in the last 48 hours. We've had multiple people go on the air on other networks and talk about things like, well, in Iowa, the problem is these are all white Christians. Or their attitude about the followers of Trump is these are dumb, stupid, uneducated people that don't know any better or worse. They're haters, they're bigots. This is exactly how state-run media is used by authoritarian governments. It's, it's destroying the media in this country. No, it's, it's why, at this point, you know, no one believes anything they see or hear anymore. Bingo, and this is precisely why Trump will win. They need to keep doing this. What do they say? What's the expression, Robbie? More cowbell. <laughs> keep doing this, guys. Bang up job. Yeah, by all means, do not listen to Jamie Dimon. Don't listen to smart Democrats telling you this is this is idiotic. Uh, just keep criticizing Trump voters and treating them like they're less than human. Perfect plan. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Be back in a moment. Thank you. 
Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Sam Rajofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering ex-Californian behind the What's Right microphone. Great to be here with you folks. Yeah, this, um, by the way, this is very inconvenient for the anti-Second Amendment folks. I don't know if you noticed the story. Ohio, in uh, in 22, so two years ago, they legalized permit-free carry. So you could uh, carry, you didn't need to be licensed, which is, frankly, the proper constitutional approach. Now, uh, the fascinating result of this is, that gun violence, okay, in six out of the eight largest Ohio cities dropped and dropped significantly. Columbus, Ohio saw the largest drop at 12%. No, second largest, third largest, believe it or not, Parma, negative 22. Akron and Toledo, negative 18%. Columbus, 12 Cleveland 6, Canton 5, big, big, big safety gains. And they're wondering, did constitutional carry uh, impact gun violence? And they're saying, well, there's other factors, you know, whatnot. I said, well, wait a minute. Crime's been upticking elsewhere, going up in California, for example. I love, uh, I love when... Yeah, it's one of Newsom in California debating right his 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 approach with DeSantis is well, you gun violence is going up. He's not, <laughs> not looking at per at proportion to population. <laughs> Hilarious. No, it's it, look. I it's a, 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 if the bad guys know the good guys out there have access to to firearms, and they know that uh, that homes are likely to have have firearms, businesses are likely to have firearms. All of a sudden, there's a little bit of a disincentive there to uh, to, to, to hold, hold people up. All these home invasion robberies are happening out in California. They're, they're happening there because, and they've been going up, because the criminals know that the likelihood of a Californian being armed and dangerous to them is very, very low. So this is this is fascinating. Now it goes also if I'm uh, just permit me here story developing in Illinois. Illinois is a democrat run state. And it's really a democratic run state because of the large population centers in the in the metro areas specifically Chicago. And so you you look at Chicago Cook County, there are just a lot of people and then a lot of huge Areas of the state, you know, like if you look at a county, you know, voting map, it's there's a lot of there's a, more red than blue. I mean, dramatically more red Republican Trump voting people in Illinois. But it's the huge amount of of, 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 of folks that are voting blue in and Democrat in Chicago that sort of spoils it for the rest of the state. So the governor there, Pritzker, J.B. Pritzker, who is a. Uh, just an, an, an absolute uh, gun-hating beast is going after everything. He just put in a law 
passed a law, signed a law, uh, passed by the legislature that uh, is, uh, you know, uh, there's a registration mandate for uh, assault weapons and large capacity magazines. And people, this was a great story in BearingArms.com, people are defying openly this order because it likely is unconstitutional. So most gun owners, writes Bearing Arms, most gun owners uh, who are acting in defiance of the law are not advertising their refusal to comply. But some, in fact, aren't afraid or too afraid of poking the bear. So there's a former legislator who's running for Congress, Darren Bailey, and he's repeatedly dared the governor to show up at his house and and go confiscate his guns. Put up on Twitter, uh, first of the year, I'll be putting together this puzzle waiting for Pritzker to knock on my door and take my guns. I will not comply. And the thing is, is in, in these smaller towns in Illinois that are that are. You know, the top law enforcement officer in these counties is the sheriff. These sheriffs are – these are very Republican towns, and the sheriff has said, yeah, we're not going to enforce any of this. So if the governor wants to send down the state police, you know, be my guest, but we're, we're not – we don't think this is constitutional, so we're just not going not gonna to enforce it. Ultimately, what will happen is the law will be enforced somewhere, and somebody will sue because it's at the moment that the law is passed – and that somebody suffers a consequence, right? Their liberties are are impeded. At that point in time, you have a justiciable issue that you can bring to a federal court, a constitutional claim. So you'll they'll, somebody will argue here. A plaintiff will come forward. Of course, they're going to be backed by various lobbying groups and, and, and you know and these funds that, that take these cases forward and they'll they'll bring a case on behalf of that individual or several individuals who have had their guns confiscated, who have been fined, who have been you know, who have been prosecuted under this law, because now there is a controversy, right? The Supreme Court that you can't just bring a you can't bring a case in court unless you've suffered a harm. So and you actually have to wait for the law to come into effect before you can legally challenge it. Do you see, Robbie, that the governor down there in New Mexico, the one that what didn't she come up with a she arbitrarily basically banned guns? I forget all the details of it. And I don't have it here in my stack of stuff. Shoot. This is this this another this the, the yeah the New Mexico governor did that all used an executive order essentially and and it was struck down immediately and she had she had kind of egg on her face well now the legislature down there in, in New Hampshire has issued articles of impeachment this is you have the story Robbie I know I did it's my fault I should have had it here prepared but it goes yeah. Yeah, she, it was a public health, that's it. Yeah, that's a public health directive. It was back in September. But the story today, I think, this week, the, the legislature there has, uh, has, 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 uh, has taken steps to remove her from office. Now, I'm not sure of the makeup there, uh, if how many Republicans there are, if there are enough votes to actually remove her from office, but, but this is, what I what I'm getting at is the the gun debate's interesting right now. 
This is it. Yes, yes, yes. Well, two Republicans Wednesday filed a resolution. There it is. Initiating impeachment. Stephanie Lord of Sandia Park and John Block of Alamo, Alamo Gordo. That's an interesting place. All right, violating her off has got it. Okay. She has too much power. Yeah, this yeah, that's it. She's a uh, by the way, the one of the uh, members of of the of the um, legislature there is uh, also the founder of an advocacy group pro gun women. So, we'll see. Yeah, so well, yeah, a, Democrats outnumber Republicans there 45 to 25. So this is not going anywhere. There you go. That's the story. But at any rate, wanted to share some of this some of this news with you. And of course, I need to get to the Biden the crisis at the border. Have you been following the story in Texas? My God, Texas has finally said enough is enough to the feds and that they're taking over. They've mobilized the National Guard. And as soon as this happened, of course, the Biden team has has just whipped itself up into a frenzy to attack, not just in court as they are doing, Governor Abbott, in the state of Texas, but also in the media and with real actual fabrications to move public sentiment against Texas. Let me get into that here in a moment. I, I really, this, this, the story, yes, the story of the drowned migrants. It's amazing. Almost as if these fascist Bidenistas know that if they repeat a lie loud enough and long enough, it can become the truth, or so perceived. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. More on this when we return. This hour of the program brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234. In a crash, call Sam and Ash because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, friends, welcome back. Sam Rajovsky here, host of The What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. So the... Look, the, this this controversy in Texas where the Texas National Guard on orders of the governor were mobilized to the border, secured parts of the border uh, around a place called Eagle Pass where – and this is – by the way, this is the area that Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, went down with the retinue of, of, of federal legislators and, and, and was – you know. Surveying the area, and as he's holding a press conference there, there's migrants going swimming up and just just crossing into the country right there with complete impunity. As we have the third most important person in government standing there, surrounded by his security detail. I mean, nothing. I guess to me at least, nothing says more. The country is more of a joke than that. So. You know, what happened was this, you know, so right after that meeting, that, that event, Texas mode, uh, deployed uh, the National Guard, okay? And over the weekend, right, that there was uh, apparently a drowning. There was a migrant family that drowned in the river as they were crossing the river. 
And the quickly the story uh, became, uh, according at least to Biden and the administration, is that the Texas military department refused to allow the Border Patrol agents to enter the city park to assist and aid this migrant family that drowned, and that they were therefore uh, contributorily negligent in that drowning. That's a technical legal term. Sorry. They, they were – it was their fault. Yeah, that, we'll put it that way. It was their fault. Now, Friday evening, this is what actually happened. 33-year-old Viterma de la Sancha and her two children, ages 10 and 8, attempted to cross the Rio Grande into Eagle Pass along with several other migrants. They struggled with the currents because it's a flipping river. Yes. Somebody in the group called uh, an emergency number. It's not clear. I mean, they're right on the border. So were they picking up cell towers you know, in Texas or in Mexico? In either event, uh, authorities on both sides of the border came to their assistance. But it turned out that by the time that Border Patrol actually showed up, these people were long dead. And I'm not minimizing. By the way, I think that this, the deaths of these kids is an is illustrative of the enormous of the enormous humanitarian toll that Biden's open border is on this world so i'm not minimizing that i'm just pointing out how the, the by the way and they knew this team biden knew it which is why yesterday the biden administration had to refile some of its paperwork with the supreme court and um and admitted that the three migrants who, dr- who drowned last week on Friday, um, that they drowned long before Border Patrol agents sought access to the park. It's called Shelby Park there in, um, in, in, um, in Eagle Pass. This is after a long campaign, a long campaign here that's lasted uh, a week and a half, sliming Texas. And pointing the finger at them, it is absolutely absurd. Saturday evening, tragically, a woman and two children drowned last night in Shelby Park. In the Shelby Park area of Eagle Pass, and this is a DHS statement the day after, which was commandeered by the state of Texas earlier this week. In responding to a distress call from the Mexican government, Border Patrol agents were physically barred by Texas officials from entering the area. Huh. The statement then went on to call Texas Governor Abbott's policies cruel, dangerous, and inhumane, and Texas's blatant disregard for federal authority over immigration poses grave risks. Only in the world of Joe Biden can you, your efforts as a governor of protecting the border in your state be called a blatant disregard of federal immigration authority. Now, I'll tell you, it is because federal immigration authority, at least as defined by these clowns, means a wide open border. So, uh, I, you know, I get that they're upset. I have no doubt they're upset because Abbott is showing uh, Biden and and frankly the rest of the country how how this problem needs to be needs to be solved and that's through actual enforcement 
So this uh, this is this is absolutely. Um, uh, by the way, this Korean uh, Jean Pierre still is is on this thing, defending it uh, in spite of all this new information coming out. So when was this? This was yesterday in the White House pre, uh, press briefing room, talking to Fox reporter Jackie Heinrich. Heinrich asks Korean Jean-Pierre, if you're saying that the president doesn't want to insult the American people, will the administration then amend its separate statement that implied Texas officials were responsible for the deaths of these three migrants in the river, when in fact they had nothing to do with it? And she asks, she goes, hey, but look, they, they were dead in the, in the river for an hour before Mexico told anybody about it. And you've admitted the Biden administration has admitted as much in their court filing. The statement from the White House continues to imply that Texas was somehow responsible. And now a number of news outlets were all forced to issue corrections and editor's notes because of that White House statement. So will the White House amend that statement? So let's be sensitive here. Three people died. Three migrants died. Two children and a woman. That was devastating. Texas officials blocked Border Patrol from access- accessing the area. That's what was happening at that time. Uh, Our statement is consistent with DOJ's filing. Uh, As the DOJ filing said, there was an ongoing emergency situation that Border Patrol was blocked from accessing. There were other migrants in the in the water as well. But I'm just saying there was there was an ongoing. The White House statement implies it says the White House statement says that Texas officials blocked U.S. Border Patrol from attempting to provide emergency assistance. To, there were other there were other migrants in the water. Then why as wasn't well. that included in the there statement? There were other migrants in the water. That, that, the, that that's what you were our, referring to. Our statement is does, is very very much consistent with DOJ. Uh, you know, yesterday when we were talking about Gen Xers and you know this, we were talking about the the your, your, everybody has their own truth. That's what this is. KJP Corinne Jean Pierre is basically saying. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, doesn't change anything. Three people died. Well, so she got caught blatantly lying. The media, the dutiful mainstream media, the outlets that support Democrats, dutifully reported it. The lie has been spread out there. Most people have moved on from the story and 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 what and and now she's like well but it doesn't really change anything the us border patrol was blocked from the area these people have no shame let's be sensitive exactly robbie i i'm all about being sensitive to the truth i'm i get really irritated by this not to mention by the way she looked like a mcdonald's worker did you see her there or I don't know. She had on this ridiculous outfit today. I, is it just me? Is it, I don't know what she was wearing, like a all red pantsuit. But uh, but yeah, or that or she was cosplaying as one of the Jackson Five. I couldn't tell exactly, but it was it, it didn't it didn't lend itself to her being taken any more seriously. You know, Jackie Heinrich. Uh, from Fox News, pressed her also on the big lie about the numbers. This, this, uh, the Border Patrol number, the agents that, that, yes, because that's another lie that Biden put out. That somehow Republicans, uh, in Congress were stripping the agency of funding for necessary officers. 
think the number was 2,000 agents. They touted that number as somehow, uh, you know, uh, a real deal. None of that's true, by the way. They got Pinocchios from the Washington Post for those lies. All right, we, we, we're here at the top of the hour. I'll get into this. I, this. This is so important, and this is how you know we've got them. They know their policy is so disastrous. They can't. They are overtly lying their way out of it, or trying at least. Sam Arjofsky, News Talk 840. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. In a crash, call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Greetings, friends. Welcome to the program. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. In a crash, call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Now, I uh, these the border we know, it's a crisis. It's a disaster. Tens of millions of unknown illegals are in the country. We have no idea who they are. We have no idea of their backgrounds. We've lost track of them. There's court dates that are many, many years out. It is an unmitigated disaster, no question about it. We also know, as a second sort of, I think, a brilliant political move, right, because Republican governors, red state governors, who were – uh, traditionally have been expected to bear the brunt of immigration, particularly Texas, right? But Arizona, too, and and uh, New Mexico, the border states, made a conscious, active decision to begin busing migrants, excess, you know, uh, refugees, since that's, you know, how they're being treated by the administration, refugees, busing them to blue states, blue cities, places like, San Francisco, Chicago, and New York, and and distributing the burden a little bit more evenly. Now, you would think the Democrats, with their obsession with equity, uh, would 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 feel. And, and by the way, an, an obsession with with sanctuary cities. Many of these, they, I think, Robbie. I don't think they sent. I don't think Abbott or um, or DeSantis in particular would send the migrants to any place that didn't declare itself a sanctuary state or sanctuary city. If you'll recall, for example, with New York, Hochul, the governor there, uh, and Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, both declared the state and the city uh, you know, sanctuary zones. So, you know, if you say that, you put up the, the welcome sign, and, you you know, the... the, the <laughs> It's like the motel, right? Vacancy. <laughs> vacancy. All right. If the vacancy sign is flickering on, well, hell's bells. Send them on, uh, send them on over. And so they did that, and you, you know the result. Somewhat predictable, I think. <laughs> These cities became inundated and couldn't provide services and are literally choking under the pressure. By the way, this week, one of the Big developments, places in New York, they're closing schools. Chicago, they're closing community centers. Why? They need to use your kids' 
well, not ours. We live here in, the, in Nevada, but they're using kids' classrooms to shelter migrants. All because the people inside of the Biden administration have decided that we need the country filled with illegals. So I think, you know, yes, the, 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 the big news in the last, we'll call it six months, is that some of these formerly welcoming Democrats to immigrants have suddenly changed their tune. Now, this is, a, this is very predictable because leftists love to give away other people's stuff. It's actually one of the hallmarks of socialism. Everything's fine and dandy as long as you're taking away from that guy. They talk a big talk, right? You know, you get the socialist on TV declaring the need of taking care of the poor, of redistribution. And somebody shows up to this uh, person espousing this ideology and says to him, sir, this is a wonderful idea. I applaud you. Well, let's see. What do you have in your pocket? Well, no, I mean, I just, you know, I'm just a modest man. What do you mean? What do you have in your pocket? Oh, you have $200? Well, here, let me take it. You, you just need 20 for lunch, right? You're good. 20 bucks. We'll, we'll take 180 from you and give it to the poor. And all of a sudden, even the most diehard socialist begins to change his tune. Robbie, we don't have that. Maybe I, I didn't send it to you, but there was a exchange recently with uh, Bernie Sanders, sort of to this effect. They explained to him, he said he was for equity. Then the reporter explained to him about the difference between equity and equality. And then, and then Bernie Sanders <laughs> he said, well, I'm not into that. So, so the, the, lead, the leading socialist in the United States, the curmudgeonly communist, Bernie Sanders himself, doesn't really like the idea of people digging into his pocket uh, to, uh, to help, the, help, the, help the needy. And that's precisely, precisely the, uh, the metaphor, if you will, for what is going on in New York City and, and, and Chicago. Because these guys were all about, these politicians were all about the open doors. We welcome the migrants, please, and don't listen to that evil orange baboon named Donald Trump because he's a hateful Nazi. And we're not like him. We, we want open arms. And all of a sudden, they came. Because Abbott, guys in Texas, and, and DeSantis and his team in Florida recognize that these people are full of elephant crap. I made elephant up. It doesn't matter. Maybe donkey crap, I guess, would be more accurate. They're full of it. And they knew that, that in practice, right, Liberalism is always more difficult to operationalize, right? Because at some point, there's a fixed pie. You've got a budget in a city. And it's not just, you can't use fantasy math. You can't use lib math. You've got to use real math. Like, we, our budget is X. And if we strain the budget by 20%, where's the money going to come from? Unlike the feds, the city of New York can't print it. And at the same time, the city becomes inhospitable and people leave. And who's the first to leave? The people who have the means to leave, who can pack up and go. And those tend to be the rich. So those tend to be the people that are paying the most in to the system. So now you have a death spiral. I'm just setting this all up to understand why 
explain to you why the, the, the administration right now is under fire from, from all ends. The administration is getting targeted by, by, uh, by the mayor of New York, who, by the way, lately has been very quiet about criticizing Biden. I don't know if you've noticed this. So, coincides slightly with Biden DOJ stepping on him a little bit for that campaign finance finance uh, violation law. You know, there's that. Remember that? I told you this on this program when news of that broke. Eric Adams, mayor of New York City, was on his way to D.C. in a very public trip. He was he was uh, posting social media videos from the plane. He had his whole posse with him. They were going to go to D.C. and meet with Team Biden and tell him how bad immigration is and that he needed to fix the border. And you're telling me it's coincidence. Okay, coincidence. Coincidentally, as he's on the plane, his head you know, finance person for his campaign gets raided by the FBI. And so – uh, he finds out about this in the air as he's up in the plane, and the minute he lands uh, in D.C., he turns around and flies back to New York. And I'm just saying he has been eerily silent on the subject since. Funny how those things work. Oh, but again, don't let me forget that Trump is the real fascist, and he's the one who behaves like a dictator. Yes, got it. Okay. But the reason he's, I'm telling you there is Privately, there's a lot of pressure on Biden from the left and, of course, from the right, from everybody. And this is why they are lying. They are obscenely lying about this. They cannot help themselves. What is this? This is Fox News. Well, no, I have the Washington Post here. This is an actual headline from the Washington Post. White House spins GOP, quote unquote, cuts of 2000 Border Patrol agents. I read that headline. I thought, well, I must be, must be developing cataracts. Is this a headline? Because it, it seems to be it's, – it's challenging Biden. It starts with a quote by Deputy White House Press Secretary Andrew Bates. House Republicans took numerous votes that would have damaged economic growth and harmed our national security like attempting to eliminate over 2,000 Border Patrol agents. House Republicans continue to do political stunts. They get in the way. They voted in May to eliminate 2,000 Border Patrol agents. That's what they're doing. January 10th, White House Press Secretary, Affirmative Action Hire, DEI-approved idiot, Corrine Jean-Pierre. And so the statements continued. Now, here is what the Washington Post writes. But, and I quote, there is a big problem with this number. It's not based on an actual vote on Homeland Security's budget. Instead, it's a White House estimate on the impact of the bill that the House passed in 23 as an opening bid in a budget in talks with the Biden administration. When it came to an actual vote for border security, the House in September passed in an appropriations bill funding for an additional 1,700, almost 1,800 Border Patrol agents. That was four times the increase of three of only 350 agents that President Biden had requested in his own 24 budget proposal. These people in this administration lie with impunity. 
So that same uh, Fox reporter I was playing just before the top of the hour uh, challenged Corinne Jean-Pierre on this yesterday. <laughs> you don't want to miss this. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show will continue after these messages. This hour of the program brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Hear ye, hear ye, Sam Rajofsky behind the What's Right Show microphone. Pleased to be here, folks, as always, an honor and a pleasure. And thank you, all of you. Uh, I try to reach out as much as I can, uh, respond as much as I can back to you when you do reach out to me, but I appreciate your many words of support. You can always email me, sam at samandashlaw.com, sam at samandashlaw.com. I am separating that because producer Robbie and Lakin often uh, criticize me here that I say it too quickly and that people don't understand what I'm saying. So samandashlaw.com is, of course, the website and uh, my email, sam at samandashlaw.com, because I am the Sam of that legal dynamic duo. Corinne Jean-Pierre cannot... And I repeat, cannot stop lying to save her skin. Uh, Yesterday, in a press briefing where she was doubling down on the lie that three migrants died in the river in the Rio Grande outside of Eagle Pass, Texas, because the evil Republican governor, Greg Abbott, Darth Vader himself, (laughs) with his National Guard, had prevented the Federalists, the... uh, well, DHS agents to enter the area. I found out, of course, later that was a complete lie. The migrants uh, regrettably and, and, and horrifically died an hour earlier before any emergency calls were made to the U.S. side. The White House uh, was forced because, you know, you can't lie in, in court. They were fo- forced to amend their legal briefs in their lawsuit against Texas, but they, they, they never amended their public statements. So she challenged her on that and then gets into this entire absurd lie debunked even by the Washington Post that Republicans in Congress were looking to strip DHS of 2,000 Border Patrol agents, which is not true. In fact, they were trying to give DHS an additional 1,800 agents, almost 1,800 agents, 1,795 to be precise, which was significantly higher than the 350 Agents that President Biden requested in his 24 budget. So here's Fox News reporter Jackie Heinrich pushing back on this reduction story. Listen to this. So we don't believe it's a false claim. Uh, Our statements were very direct here. Uh, Last year, House GOP voted, uh, voted, and not only did they vote for it, but they touted. They touted their Limit, Save, Grow Act. That's the act. Well, let me. And they they, vowed that it would never affect border control. they voted for and touted it, right? This is an act. And this would have forced the elimination of 2,000 Border Patrol agents. That's what this act that they touted, that they voted for uh, in the House. Uh, so that was their proposal, and, and that was what so they, they voted for back in, in May. This is not the case. Even the Washington Post knows it's not the case. They're going back and forth at it, and, and Heinrich won't let it go. 
they clearly stated at that time that Border Patrol, um, also veterans' benefits and entitlements would never be impacted by any of the reductions. And also, the bill never had any appropriations in it. So this claim that you guys are rolling out, you know, it's the White House applying White House math to a bill that never had any appropriations. So the reason I, I ask is because it's just, you know, to voters, don't you think they know the difference between, you know, what is a, a truthful statement and what is spin? And is it in, insulting to them at all to keep saying it when it was it's just not true? <laughs> One thing that the president does not do is insult, insult voters uh, or American people, to be more exact, because I want to be careful. Um, well, first off, um, the president spent uh, an entire speech insulting voters. More on that in a minute. But this is just doubling down on the lie. So absurd. Now, one, I mean, Republicans have been so precise about they've they've been adamant that any any money, any any appropriations to, for example, Ukraine needs to be addressed, will only be addressed after appropriations are added and the borders beefed up. And that includes more agents. So the Republicans have been consistent on this, and somehow, for some reason, Corinne Jean-Pierre, Team Biden et al., want this lie to be told that this is the Republicans doing, and that the only people dying at the border are are you know are, are folks you know because we can't get there to help them because the National Guard from Texas uh, is daring to make moves to secure their communities there. I think they're getting desperate. That's my take on it. I, just, I, I think this is all getting so sloppy and so desperate. There are, uh, you know, there are stories. I will admit this that have two sides, right? It can be presented, you know, m- my way, looking at it, my side, you know, Republican, Democrat. You, you, you know, there's, there's, there, you know, you. It's a wobbler, particularly on these bills and how the. Palace intrigue occurs behind the scenes, and oftentimes I hate to break it to you folks, but Republicans in Congress are not always doing the right thing. So the criticisms brought by Democrats can be true, and also the criticisms brought by Republicans of the Democrats in reverse are true. Both sides actually can be right. But here, that's not the case. Here, it is just a bald-faced lie. Now, Biden, Biden not insulting voters, that's a hilarious thing. Do you know, I think Jackie Heinrich was so pissed off at Mophead. Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre, she looks, her head looks like a mop. Uh, they're so pissed at her that somebody, I don't think it was her that wrote this piece, Robbie, but somebody over at Fox News <laughs> compiled a list of all the times Joe Biden has <laughs> has insulted voters. <laughs> this is great. This came out early this morning. Biden has repeatedly insulted voters contrary to White House press secretary's claim. Korean Jean-Pierre dodged reporters' questions about Biden being surprised, you know, as about stuff, and then goes, okay, one thing that the president does not do is insult voters or American people, okay? So Biden, 
you know, of course, has done this. What did he call that one guy? He called him a horse's, a horse's a money money. This was a guy in the campaign, you know, yeah, an auto worker at a plant. He did that. He says, I don't work for you. Now, hold on, Robbie, we're up, uh, we're up against the clock here. I, I want to get to this. This is because it ties into, again, this idea on the left that they can talk down to Americans. And they're talking down anybody who disagrees with them. They're just going to talk down to them. By the way, this is why I think Vivek Ramaswamy would make such a wonderful running mate for, for Trump because he knows how to engage with people and, um, and talk to them and convince them without putting them down, even people who, who he uh, profoundly disagrees with. Powerful stuff. Okay, don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show brought to you by Salmonash Injury Law. We'll be back after this. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamandAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Speaking of auto workers, Biden insulting auto worker. I, I, <laughs> uh, robots, they're going to use robots. So so did you see this story in the Washington uh, excuse me, the uh, Wall Street Journal. Sam Rajofsky here, by the way, you're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Okay, I have it here in my stack of stuff somewhere, pulling it out. Where did I put it? They've got, yeah, this, the, the auto workers, they are, uh, they, they, you remember the big union uh, uh, fight to get better wages, and they brought the, the, Detroit to a standstill and came out with a huge concession, big raises. Well, guess guess what? All fine and dandy, except except now, uh, Detroit is is really going to invest into uh, into more robotics and replace auto workers. A predictable result, which of course the union doesn't care about until they find a way to unionize the uh, the robots, I guess. So that's it. Very predictable, very predictable. All right. Biden said, well, Corrine Jean-Pierre said that Biden doesn't insult Americans with his lies, right? Am I going to do this? We're on, we, Biden, President Biden, what was the exact clip here? Hold on, I got, I got it. I, it's a, yeah, so it was a Corrine Jean-Pierre, let's see, they were going, Jackie, her and, uh, and uh, and uh, Jackie Heinrich, yes, from Fox, were going back and forth, and uh, and basically, in in that clip, uh, uh, says, um, yeah, so one thing the president does not do is insult voters or American people, to be more exact. I want to be careful, according to Biden's press secretary. So then, of course, Fox News compiled the list of all the times the president has been a jerk. Here's uh, one moment, I'll tell you. Voter at a town hall brought up Hunter going to Ukraine and selling access. And Biden fired back. He goes, you're a damn liar, man. That's not true, and no one has ever said that. May of 2020, Biden claimed on The Breakfast Club that black Trump voters aren't really black. Well, I tell you what, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. 
Unbelievable. And you remember him saying this, of course. Biden was talking with an auto worker over an AR, talking about AR-15s, assault weapons, right, while campaigning in September of 20. The auto worker at one point reminded Biden that Biden works for him. Biden responded, I don't work for you. And he called him a horse's A money money. Then in August of 22, Biden called the MAGA philosophy, the MAGA movement, semi-fascist. <laughs> semi-fascist. And then went on to describe what he was talking about. I respect conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. They're not many real Republicans anymore. So he's not talking about a tiny fringe. He admits it. He's talking about MAGA Republicans. He's talking about a majority of Republicans. Certainly he's talking about Trump voters. So he's, how many people voted for Trump? In 2016 and in 2020, that's a lot of millions of people. And then there was the September 2020 dark Brandon speech in Philadelphia. Quote, MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. And he called each and every one of us a clear and present danger. Kind of puts into context why since 22, beginning in 21, but it continued into 22 and 23. You had the DOJ rounding up MAGA supporters finding any reason to arrest them and put them in jail. Who's the fascist now? The real irony, of course, as they continue to lie to us about virtually everything, Biden has the audacity to say that we're the ones that don't live in the light of truth, but dwell in the shadow of lies. And and meanwhile, his press secretary is literally making things up out of thin air. And when confronted with dispositive proof that what was said by the entire Biden administration was manifestly a lie, she just says, well, it's, you know, but still there's, you know, this is our truth and we're going to go with it. It's vile. And I think this is, by the way, one of the reasons I was so adamant about COVID being contended with, okay, being dealt with, being, um, well, be, being uh, their accountability coming to the people that that lied and lied and lied, because you know this is th- this is an example of something where the government absolutely knew it was BS and used it for political gain, really warped people's minds with it. A lot of people that just watch mainstream media, and, and that's it. And they they bought it hook, line, and sinker. They put unnecessary shots into their children. We're going to have fertility issues in this country. Well, thank goodness, here come the 20 million illegals that we're going to, you know, who, by the way, none of them have been vaccinated, but somehow that stopped mattering. Of course, we need the vaccines, but, you know, we're not checking with, for, for, for any health conditions for people coming into the country, let alone IDs. Rand Paul last night with Laura Ingram got into this, uh, talking about the nonsense of the COVID measures, and I'm glad he's still talking about it because we need accountability for this. 
absolutely, it's one of the most important things that occurred to us at the hands of our government in the last decade. The more they came out with things that weren't believable, like that your six-month-old needs three vaccines or your 12-year-old needs three vaccines, even if they've had COVID, and that none of the studies included the variable of whether you have had COVID. So they would do these large studies and compare booster to no booster, and they couldn't show that it stopped transmission because it doesn't. And for kids and teenagers and young people, they couldn't show that it reduced hospitalization or death because it didn't, because these kids were rarely going to the hospital. So then they came up with, they said, well, if we vaccinate your kid three times, they make antibodies. But Rand, (laughs) they were lying. And the lying had real consequences for children, their mental health, their education, for business, for our faith, not being able to go to houses of worship. I mean, that's fundamental American freedoms. What should the consequences be for Anthony Fauci? That's a great question. Because I believe Fauci knowingly lied. He lied under oath, which is a separate problem. But he also lied to the American public and was put in a position of authority. By the way, I think this is one of my biggest criticisms of Donald Trump, that he let this clown continue to be on television, misleading the country. And in his position, when it was becoming obvious that he was he was drunk on his own power, this was Rand Paul's uh, own response on what should be the consequences for Anthony Fauci. Jail. You know, I've sent two referrals to the Department of Justice. I think he lied to Congress, which is a felony. You know, uh, several folks from the Trump administration were accused of lying to Congress and carted off to jail with FBI agents all over the property, host, you know, yanking them out of their house early in the morning. But we have two tiers of justice here. It depends on whether you were a supporter of Donald Trump or you're a supporter of big government, you know, the centralized government. But Anthony Fauci did lie to Congress. We know that from his own words, not because I say lies, but his private email say he was lying. Virtually everything he said in private contradicted what he was saying in public. And he was fairly honest in, in private. In private, he said masks don't work. In public, he wore three masks. In, in private, he admitted that there was such a thing as natural immunity gained from getting the infection. In public, he was like, oh, you know, we're not going to measure that. It's unpredictable. And they silenced anyone who uttered those same truths. It's wild. It didn't matter that you got COVID. By the way, getting COVID, it turned out, and getting beat past it was a greater guarantee of future immunity than any of the vaccines. How many people, me included, were barred from going to public places because they didn't have the vax card? Think about that. How many of you suffered worse, far worse than I, loss of jobs, employment, ridicule, criticism, all because you refused to get vaccinated? You said, I don't need to. I, I, got the, I got the thing. I got over it. I'm fine. Screw you and F off, <laughs> right? We lost our ever-loving minds. But the left doesn't care. They lie. They just lie. And the lies don't. It doesn't. And that's the danger of having your truth. Speak your truth, they tell kids in in school now. Because they do not want future generations of Americans rooted in right and wrong. They want truth to be malleable, to be definable, and to be set by political goals, not moored in any 
kind of reality. And that is a fight we need to fight quickly or we lose the republic. Sam Erjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Sam Rajofsky, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian here behind the What's Right Show microphone. Yes, I'm not letting I'm not letting the COVID thing go. I'm not letting it go that they shut down our schools, delayed my kids learning, delayed your kids and grandkids learning, destroyed lives. Prevented people from attending funerals of their loved ones. Destroyed careers, pitted Americans against each other, saw one of the most horrific rise of alcoholism and substance abuse. People closed up in their homes, suicides, shot up. F you. That's my take. Every single person that participated in that scam deserves and ought to be held accountable. Well, four people at a table is okay, but five people isn't. They give you small examples of how we could have known. Well, I did, and I spoke out against it, and of course, received all sorts of hateful and really bemusing responses. Uh, yeah, well, five people. Okay, here's another one. Here in Vegas that I think some of you will remember. If you went out to eat once we finally, Sisolak finally um, got his you know tampon removed. Uh, we Yeah, we reopened the state and uh, as sort of. We had a certain restrictions like, for example, you had to have your mask on if you stood up at the table. So if you sat down at the table to have a, a little bit of a bite. The virus didn't operate at, say, what is that, Robbie, the four-foot level? Between three, but well, let's say under four feet, five feet in the air, the virus didn't operate. It was above the five-foot level that the virus was most dangerous. So that's where you had to put your mask on. It's absurd. Everybody knew it was absurd. Everybody knew that was a total joke. It wasn't. It's not defensible in the least. It's not logical. Remember when there was a rush to get the vaccine? Now I'm, you know, I'm one of these guys. I don't like to go out and buy a new car the first one that comes out because I know it's going to have problems. Like if a new model comes out, like right now, the Cybertruck. You have the new Tesla Cybertruck. Have you seen one, by the way, out and about? I last week or two weeks ago, I think I saw my was my very first one right here uh, in downtown Las Vegas. I saw one parked, kind of cool looking, not really my thing, but could appreciate it. Very futuristic. I'm not gonna. If I really wanted that car, I wouldn't get it now. I want them to work out some of the kinks. So as a general rule, I'm never going to line up for a a drug unless I'm dying, okay? And it's going to present mirac- potentially a miraculous re- reversal and I've got nothing else to lose. 
I'm not going to go for a, a untested drug. No, thank you. And so I, you know, I waited it out. I wanted to see what was happening. My doctor kept telling me, saying, well, you're sure you're not taking the vaccine? Every time I went to see my doctor, my doctor said, well, okay, so when did you get your vaccine? I don't have it here in my paperwork. I didn't. And then people who got the vax suddenly started getting sick. My doctor goes, well, it's, it's going to happen, but you really need to get it. Now, to his credit, he never booted me from a practice, but I know many people whose doctors booted them. But he was pushing on me to get the vaccine. And I said, no, thank you. I didn't get it. Wife didn't get it. Kids didn't get it. So then all of a sudden, first things first, people start getting the COVID and getting it bad after they've gotten the, the, the vax. So that was not what we were told was going to happen. So they continued to lie. They continued to tell us that it was fine, that everything was good. Every one of those people should be held accountable for that. That's what I think, right? If they were in, in a position of authority and knew otherwise, and we can prove that they knew otherwise, and they lied to us and misled the public, we should hold them accountable. But what else? Then, then people started having adverse reactions. They're still not telling the full truth on all this, this, these heart issues that are developing for young people that took the vax. And I think I may have shared this with you, but forgive me. So if you've heard this before, but you know, that's how it started with my doctor. And then finally, maybe a year ago, early 23, I am seeing him for a routine checkup. My doctor kind of rolls up, obviously knowing that I'm a uh, an injury attorney, I'm a trial lawyer, and I you know, what I do. He goes, Sam, hey, uh, question for you. So uh, hypothetically, if I knew somebody, a patient that uh, has had some very bad side effects from the vaccine, is that a case you could take? And I said, well, I'd love to take that case, but I can't because Trump – and subsequent folks, political folks, have given immunity, full immunity, to the vax manufacturers. So you really can't bring a lawsuit. Now, there's some, they're trying to work some workarounds, but it's going to be tough. And he was appalled. And then I said, be honest with me. Have you had way more people than you expected have problems, and he he just looked at me and kind of nodded and looked distressed. That's from a physician who was, you know, was on board with getting the vaccine, because you know what the AMA came out and said this is what you got to do. The AMA ought to be held accountable. We ought to sue these people out of existence. But um, lots of immunities there. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, but Robbie, you're exactly right. Producer Robbie is telling me, don't take any advice from somebody who has, pays, has zero, pays zero consequences for giving you bad advice. If I give somebody bad advice as a lawyer and I screw up their case, they can sue me for malpractice. What, what can we do here against Fauci? No, the guy, the, at, you know, I'm telling you, at a minimum, for lying to Congress ought to be punished. And I hope the next administration does that, cleans up the Department of Justice, and, and starts prosecuting these pricks 
who did this to us and and finally wiped that smug grim off the little midget's face. I'm referring to Fauci here. My God, I am I'm, – but it's all back to the question of truth, and this administration plays not just fast and loose with it. They thumb their nose at it. Total demagoguery is what this is, and uh, I – yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm – it makes me absolutely ill. All right. I mean that's it. That's it. Look, if you've got any comments or, or questions, concerns, please always email me, Sam at samandashlaw.com. That's my, my email. I, I, do, I always check it during the show. I, I, I see if something pops up, and I, I'll respond to it, as many of you know, and I do try to get back to each and every one of you. Sometimes i got to go into my, my filter here and see. Um, yeah, so see if I, uh, I, I miss something, but uh, I, I will always eventually uh, get back to you. All right. We, we've uh, we've got to head out of here. It's been another another fun hour. What a week! What a week! And don't forget, folks, the primaries here in Nevada. The primaries on the sixth. Trump is not on the ballot because the 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 actual primary that the vote um, the ballots don't matter. It's the caucuses. The caucus happens on the eighth of February, and that's where the delegates are awarded. So don't. Don't panic about that. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840, KXNT, The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. Mm-hmm.